It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 607 at News Talk WSB. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. This is a place that you get your garden questions answered for free while you wait right here on the radio. And it's an easy, easy, easy process. Ashley Frasco is here. She screens calls. Basically, she just finds your name and types it into the screen and tells what you want to ask. And then she transfers you over to me. Boom, there it is. You get to talk. We get to answer questions. And I've said this a couple of weekends before because someone remarked to me about a month ago maybe, and they said, you know, I'm just scared of being on the radio because it would just be scary to be on the radio. And I'm thinking, what is scary? Nobody, you don't have to use your same, your right name. You don't have to use your right town. You don't have to know how to pronounce plant names. You can just say this green thing with the yellow flower on it. You can say anything you want to on this show. You can ask about any plant you want to on this show. You can ask about organic gardening on this show. You can ask any question that you have about plants, about lawns, about trees, about house plants, about just anything that seems like it might be something you want to improve in your life. And if you want to have more success as a gardener, one of the ways you do it is you ask questions or you have somebody who's been there before and killed that plant a couple of times and is willing to uh, share their information. That's me. I'm willing to share that information. I was at a party last night and got the typical question when somebody meets me for first time. They said, well, how did you get from where you were down on that little old bitty farm down in Fayette County, out in the, the po folks part of Fayette County, without even any indoor plumbing? How did you get from there to being on the radio show for 22 years now? And the answer is, I garden because I was there with my mother, my father, my grandmother. They were all big gardeners and most, mostly for sustenance rather than for real enjoyment. My, my grandmother probably for more for enjoyment than anything else, but my mother and father certainly were gardeners for sustenance. You had to have the tomatoes and the corn and the beans and the squash and all those other things that we would eat because we would can them. At the end of the summer, there was this enormous push to get all these dozens and dozens and sometimes a hundred cans of tomatoes and squash and uh, various uh, combinations of those things, and you have them big shelves of them in the in the hallway in our in our home. So that's how I came to be from poor folks Fayette County to rich folks WSB. Is basically I gardened, and in my time I have killed a number of plants, and I figured out why I killed them and how I killed them and what's going on to make it a little bit more easy, the process of doing whatever you have to do. This would be a good day. By the way, if you're looking for jobs to do today, I'll tell you a couple of jobs that would be easy to do today. One is transplanting. You know, you don't have any leaves on things, and so you can see where the stem and the limbs and the roots and everything are. You can transplant roses. You can transplant peonies. You can transplant your, you know, your mama's favorite hydrangea. You can plant all those things. But you may have a question about some aspect of transplanting. Well, you can give me a call. Just ask me. 404 872 0750 would be the right number to call, 
888-900-0750. And if you don't, again, if you don't know how to pronounce something, I will easily, easily mispronounce it with you. <laughs> if it's Camellia or Camellia, if it's Liriope, Liriope, Monkey Grass, yeah, we don't care. I don't care. I'm not a horthead. I'm not somebody who has to insist on the Latin name and the correct pronunciation of every plant in the whole wide world. No, I do not have to have any of that. You could ask me any question in the world about anything that is either green and photosynthesizing or anything that is brown and used to <laughs> used to grow and is not doing so well. Now, just briefly, I talked to Veronica Harrell just a minute ago coming in. And Veronica got one of the paper white narcissus that uh, we were giving away back before Christmas. And uh, Ashley, I believe, gave it to her. And she says, hers is not doing so well. So we had a little discussion of why her paper white might or might not be doing well. Mine did fine. And remember the tip of putting a little alcohol in the water with the paper white narcissus? That worked just fine. Made them nice and short and stocky. And they bloomed. And no problem. They didn't flop over this year as paper white narcissus do. Lots of tips here on this show as well. And if you need a tip, just something interesting, weird, strange, and you could ask me about things you've heard and whether or not they really do work or not, and I'll tell you what I think is the correct answer. Based on research and tempered with a little bit of experience here and there. I know somebody who's had some experience with gardening, and that is our friend Nicole down in Griffin, GA. Good morning, Nicole. Mr. Reeves. How are you, Nicole? Fine. I'm still experiencing everything. Um, <laughs> I bought a seven-pound tomato. In the newspaper, and I was like, oh, shoot. And I realized, this guy was saying, it's not what you do. It's about the part. But the biggest thing, it's in the gene of the seed. Just like you and me. That's how we came so beautiful and handsome is by the genes of our mother and father. Yeah, that's the main thing after <laughs> that. The, the care that you have or yeah. you give. Yeah, because, oh, the, the seeds for those champion pumpkins that they grow up in the Northeast. Yeah. And some of those seeds go for $100 for one pumpkin seed because in that seed, that tiny little pumpkin seed, is the genetics to be another 1,000-pounder. they got to have good genetics. Yeah, it's in, it's in the gene first, you know. So I always buy good seed and fresh seed. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, To be honest, uh, I'm doing a little experiment myself, Nicole, by taking some seed that is now ooh, two years old, I guess, and I'm planting it in block. In other words, I have a, a, a flat that I just spread the seeds over the top of it, way too thick for what you would normally plant these seeds. And I covered it with soil, and I put the water on it, and I put it in the sun in the window, and I'm going to see if they sprout. But they're two years old. They're not fresh. And there will be some drop-off in germination there, but, you know, I'll find out whether or not they really are worth planting or not. Give me about a week and a half, and I'll tell you the answer. Yes, I'll find out, out you know, the seed that uh been, you know, or sometimes they come and put some new label on yeah. Grass seed. Yeah, but the new label, they have to retest the grass seed for germination. I mean, that is legally law in Georgia, is that if you have, if you're going to sell grass seed in Georgia, it has to have a label on it, it has to tell what grasses are in it, and it has to be tested for germination within the last six months, I think, or of, of the time of sale. And so if you go to a, a lawn company or a, or a store to buy your grass seed, always look at the label and make sure it has been tested germination. They can't just relabel it and put a different date sticker on it. It has to be fully tested. Uh, I like to talk about the fruit of my labor. Which is, what is the fruit of your labor besides the enjoyment <laughs> of seeing a plant grow and not die? What is the fruit of your labor? Ah, uh, Mr. Reeve, 
This alienness, I had to cut it two years ago because the, the, the height came on top and it fell on people's house, on the neighbor's house. Sure, so sure. I cut it really drastically. And this summer, air is bloom like crazy mm-hmm. and it smells good. Yeah. Now what? Fruit. Yeah, a little bitty orangey red fruit on it, about big as your end of your thumb. Sure, yeah. Oh, they are just uh, tart a little bit, but I like the taste of it, you know. Mm. And I think it just uh, got better fruit after the first frost. I think you're right. I think that once the fruit of an Eliagnus has had a little bit of cold on it, they soften a little bit and get a little bit sweeter. And the animals, have, and you know this, of course, the animals, come, the possums and the raccoons and the various other creatures that like that fruit, eat it. And that's how Eliagnus gets spread all over my mother's farm there, but you know, 15 miles above you, and I was out cutting it down this past Wednesday because Eliagnus, well, yours grew up and flopped over on your neighbor's property there. You know, it's sort of an exuberant shrub. It is one that will really go places and do things, and the possums and everything love that fruit. It's a monster. It, it make a good screen in between two houses, but it will eat your house, too. And it will stop traffic, too. And that is one of the reasons that I say it's not that this plant is a complete weed. It is that it, in the right place, it can do things you want to do. It can be a good screen, yes, if it's not close to your house. It can be a traffic barrier, and that is something that highway engineers use a lot. They plant Eliagnus next to the highway so that the speeding SUV doesn't cross over into the other lanes. It's a perfectly useful plant in the right place, like a lot of plants are in the right place, it's perfectly perfectly fine. Yeah, it's sticky. You cannot go and pick the fruit <laughs> inside of it. Well, that's one of the good things about it. Most of the fruit is sort of out on the droopy ends of the branches, most of it. But you're right, some of it's sort of in there with the thorns, and we're going to let the possum have that. Somebody and there's else. more fruit underneath for some reason, because I think uh, there's more energy from, from the ground. I think it's because it's the hardest to pick for the animals. Okay. <laughs> they can't get to the stuff on the inside, so they take the easy way just like you and I do. The animal says, hey, I'm not going to get in there and get stuck. I'm going to stay out here on the ends. So all the Elianias get uh, fruit of different kinds? Some, well, all have fruit of some kind, but the one that you and I are talking about is the, I'm sure, the, what I call weedy Eliagnus. Silver thorn is another name for it. Uh, Eliagnus pungens is the Latin name for it, and it has the distinctive reddish orangish fruit on the end. But other Eliagnus has fruit too, but frankly, I've never grown them and don't know what that fruit looks like. Uh, the fruit that I pick stay a long time in the fridge. I mean, last forever because yeah. it's so tart. <laughs> it can't uh. help but stick around. It's so sour. It's, it preserves itself, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Nicole, I'm looking at the clock. we got to go. But it's been great talking to you at once again. Enjoy your day. I will see you next Saturday, Nicole. Thanks for calling. Bye. 6.17 on a Saturday morning. The next half hour, we're going to have many indicators. She wants to talk about growing her aloe plant. Dale in Atlanta has a gardenia that needs a little attention to it. Michael and Cummings, we'll talk to him a little bit. And James in Decula wants to know about growing a rosemary bush. Yeah, we can talk about all those things. You could add your name to the list, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 
And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Just like Mr. Rogers said, today is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Clear, sunny skies, blessing the metro today with no precipitation. Highs going into the, wait for it, mid-60s this afternoon. Tonight, clear conditions remain. Lows dropping into the low 40s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Minnie is in Decatur, GA, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Minnie. Minnie, 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 Minnie. Good morning. Good morning. How Are you woke up yet, Minnie? You are not woke up yet. Huh? You're not awakened yet. You don't sound like you have a lot of woof, vim, and vigor on Decatur this morning. So how can I help, Minnie? Minnie, 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 Minnie. I think we need to take that little bit more of a cup of coffee there. Let's go back to James and Decula. James, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, James. Morning, Walter. Ah, oh, you sound woke up this morning, James. <laughs> How can I do for you? on the way to work. So yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I have a question about, uh, like you said, a rosemary bush. Uh, yeah. Me and my wife were recently in Florida this summer, and I was sitting outside of a restaurant, and I kept smelling the strong fragrance of rosemary. Yeah. And uh, a gentleman sitting beside me and said, well, look at that rosemary plant. This this rosemary bush was uh, as big as a holly bush almost. Yeah, big ones. And uh, that's one of our favorite herbs to cook with, so. We went and bought a couple and tried to, to grow them, and unfortunately, uh, they died. And huh. I was just wondering, do you have to buy them like that? Or are they professionally grown to get that big? Or can yeah, you buy them yeah, you go, to, go to Pike and get to them. Let them get that big. Different, different varieties of rosemary have different right. growth sizes. And so there's one called Arp that's pretty vertical, and there's Barbecue that's pretty vertical, and then there's Trailing something or other that's another one that's sort of low to the ground, ground cover kind. But... I'm surprised you could kill it. They are hard to kill, James. Try it again because there are certainly big ones growing all over. Well, you leave them out. You leave them out in the cold, though. That's pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. They grow outside. They're they're (laughs) not a house plant. And even though I know Pike sells them for his house plant during Christmas, but you're supposed to leave them for about a a week indoors and enjoy the little Christmas tree shape, and then take them outside and plant them in full sun where the ground doesn't get soggy in the summertime. And if you do that, boy, they'll last two, three, five years sometimes. Perfect. Just kind of keep an eye on them. Yeah, they just keep a little bit of an eye on them, but they're not going to be the worst plant, you know, the one that you're constantly worried is going to die. Rosemary is easy to grow, easy to use in cooking. You just work out, walk outside and cut a couple of snips off of it, and yeah, you're yeah. cooking. You're doing great. Easy plant. Easy plant. Perfect. Thank All you, right. Boston. Have a good weekend. Good talking to you, James. Thanks for calling. Our number is 404-872-0750. We will be back right after news. Burns my feet as I touch the ground. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.35 on a Saturday morning, 33 degrees. We're going to double that this afternoon. We're going to go to mid to upper 60s this afternoon. It's going to be really, really awesome to be outside. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, the happiest and most uh, friendliest guy on the radio on a Saturday morning. If you want to talk to a happy, friendly guy about gardening, you give me a call, 404-872-0750. Dale dialed me just a few minutes ago, and we're going to put him on the air right now. Hey, Dale, good morning. Good morning. How are you all? I'm well, my friend. How can I help? 
Uh, I have a gardenia bush that uh, on one of them holidays where it's the obligatory gift to the wife <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> situation, I, I bought for her, and I must must admit that as long as the, the plants stay in the pot, they're her responsibility. But <laughs> as soon as I, I transplant them out in the yard, they become mine. I got it. So I have procrastinated for a couple years, and I've I've declared this plant dead a couple times. Yeah. And uh, she seems to be able to get green leaves to come back onto it after they all fall off. Oh, but I'm God. wanting to put this thing out in the yard. I want to know the best time to do it and and uh, and what to do to get it to grow. And yeah. you know, it stayed the same size for a couple years now. Well, I got good news. You okay. Can, you can continue to procrastinate because we're not going to put it out right now. It right, is okay. tender, tender, tender being inside the house. And if all we need is one of Kirk's famous snowstorms, ice storms to come in, it'll kill it dead. And then it'll be your fault there that you it died outside. And so wait till, gosh, it warms up pretty good. Last of March, probably, day will be about right to stick okay. it outside. And if it, heck, if we have a snowstorm, it's going to be you out there covering it over a little sheet to make sure it doesn't freeze. <laughs> but if you put it outside in the latter part of March, you should be fine. That's that's what I needed to know. I was scared. I knew that there was a time to do it, but and scared that right now was not it. It ain't it right now. No, 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 no. You can do other things this afternoon. You can transplant gardenias that are already outside and tough from the winter, but you can't move one from inside the house tender outside today. Not to, not the right time. That's what I need to know. Thank you, Walter. I appreciate it's it. It's great talking to you, Dale. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank you. It's 38 Bye. minutes past the hour. Adam's down in McDonough and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Dan, Adam, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you this morning? I'm well, my friend. How can I help? I missed my Tifway 419 yard. Oh, bless his heart. It was we easy to last, We moved last year, and yeah. the house we're in now has a blend of what I'm guessing is just common centipede and common Bermuda. Got it. And it's probably at the east-facing front yard with probably 85% Bermuda. Yeah. I'm sorry, excuse me, centipede. Yeah. Um. Is there a good way to convert that to Bermuda, or would I have to wholesale clear everything out and go back with my Tipway 419 sod? Depends on your tolerance for ambiguity. Right. <laughs> Much of gardening yeah. is psychological, yeah. Adam, and so yeah. it's going to be two or three easy years if you want to try to control the centipede to get it out of the Bermuda culturally. And by culturally, I mean spraying herbicides that the right. Bermuda tolerates and centipede doesn't much like. You can spray any of the broadleaf herbicides like 2,4-D and the you know weed be and things like that. And centipede is really pretty sensitive to them. It says so on the label. Do not use on centipede lawns except at very low rates. And if you use it on a Bermuda lawn at a relatively high rate, the centipede is not going to exactly die immediately, but it's going to right. be weakened enough that the Bermuda will eventually creep over it and tend to dominate. That's going to take three years easy, three to four maybe. And if you had somebody that had a, you know, a big tractor or tiller or something like that, you could conceivably spray Roundup on everything maybe in... Um, mid-April when it's greened up pretty good, maybe another time in late April, two times, to get all that common Bermuda out, and then till it up real good, and say that 419 out, and by August of this year, you'd have a pretty, pretty, pretty Tifton 419 lawn. So, depends on what you want to do, Adam. So, the follow-up question to that 419 is, I have found also uh, Tiff Grand yeah. is a more shade tolerant. And it can be planted by, no, no, Tiff Grand can't be planted by seed, I'm sorry, it's Princess that 
plants by seed. But yeah, Tiff Grand is more shade tolerant by reputation. Yeah. Can I line that say on my side closest to my built closest to my house, and then bring out the 419 in the more sunny area? Would that look appropriate, or would it, yeah. would it be a contrast in the two sides? They look pretty close to each other. I don't think anybody's going to know the difference between one and the other in the two parts of the yard. I think they're fine to mix. Well, thank you, Walter. I appreciate your answer. It's great talking to you, Adam. Thanks for calling. Have a great day. For listeners who are wondering, TIFF 419, what is he talking about? That is a variety of Bermuda grass. Bermuda grass is a common lawn in Georgia, and many people in the full sun lawn situation love their hybrid Bermuda grass. And that's how you know it's a hybrid, a vigorous, a self, not self selected, a purpose bred uh, variety of Bermuda grass that has been proven over the years to be deep green, easy to grow, heat tolerant, drought tolerant, all the tolerance. It works great. And that's why Adam missed his TIFF 419. One of the great successes of the University of Georgia is the Tifton Bermuda Grass Breeding Program. The guy down there in charge of breeding Bermuda Grass was a genius, and I mean literally that. He was a genius at getting various kinds of Bermuda Grass, various varieties of Bermuda Grass, and breeding them together, and then selecting the, the ones that did the best. And it takes hundreds, if not thousands, of evaluations to determine which one is the best. And so finally, he uh, it was Glenn Burton, I think, Wayne Hanna and Glenn Burton, one or the other, were the big Bermuda breeders down there. And so finally, when they selected one, they would name it with a TIFF name because it was in Tifton, down at the Agricultural uh, Research Station in Tifton near ABAC College. And so they was TIFF 419, TIFF Grand, TIFF Way, TIFF Dwarf, TIFF, you know, this, that, and the other. And so that's what I was talking about with Adam was the TIFF varieties of Bermuda grass that are proven to do really, really well here in Georgia. Ron is up in Milton, and Ron joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ron, good morning. Hey, Walter, how are you? I'm all right. What's going on? Well, I have two very large hollies on each corner of my house, yeah. and one has outgrown the other, and now my house looks lopsided. Ooh. So uh, what is the appropriate time to trim one back? And how much can I cut it back? I'm going 232 this afternoon. That's an appropriate <laughs> time right there, Ron. 232. Get it All done. Right. Um, and how much? I'm going to assume that these are big hollies, and if so, then they're uh, – Burford is the most common big holly, but, of course, you've got Nellie Stevens and two or three more varieties that are commonly planted around houses. So – it doesn't much matter which one you have. If it's a big holly, most of the time it's very vigorous, very responsive to pruning, and you could take off easily 25% of the total foliage on the plant. Just go out and look at it, say, if I cut here and here and here, would I take 25% off? And you could take 25% off without it even batting an eye. It would not care. Okay, so I can lop off the, the top quarter of it and then trim it down the sides a little bit and shape it up to match the other one. 25%. That's what you're aiming for. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I'll be out there at 232. 232, Ron. <laughs> I want to hear that buzzer going. All right. Thanks for calling, Ron. Thanks. Bye-bye. Certain times, yeah, 232. That's exactly right. Ken's out in Alabama. Ken joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ken, good morning. Hey, Walter. Hey, man. Um, yeah, I, I moved from uh, McDonough down to uh, Ashford, Alabama, and right. bought a home here. I think this area used to be pasture land. I've got a two-acre backyard, and I want to plant some pecan trees. Yeah, sure. Everyone is saying, do it now. Uh, my time. question to you is, um, is March too late 
to plant pecan trees. I wouldn't think so. As long as the soil is not completely warm, and in Alabama, down you're in South Alabama, aren't you, Ken? Yes. Yeah. Um, near um, Donaldsonville, Colquitt. Yeah, right down there. Sooner rather than later. Let's put it that way. Sooner rather than later. And if you plant them in March, you're going to have to look a little bit about watering during the summertime is going to be more chancy because planting in the fall, they have still plenty of time, fall, winter, spring, to grow a root system of some some size. Whereas planting in March, they've only got April and a little bit of May until it turns hot. And then the leaves are coming out and they're saying, man, give us some water. And the roots are saying, yeah, but I haven't had much time to grow down here. And so you have to be careful that they get watered, Ken. And one of the easiest things you can do before you plant is to dig a wide, wide area, then plant the tree in the middle of this wide area that you've loosened the soil and that you mulch after planting so that the soil stays cool, stays moist, and doesn't have any weeds growing around the pecan tree. Excellent. Thank you, Walter. Now, wait, 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 wait. we got to oh, talk oh, a little oh. bit more okay. here. What variety of pecan are you going to plant? I don't. I haven't decided. I know I have to have two... Uh, well, one for pollination. And uh, not necessarily. You've got to have two just so you'll have a little longer harvest season on them, but they actually self-pollinate pretty well, so you don't have to have two. Okay. Um, so now what varieties, what variety are you going to plant? <laughs> there are several. Uh, Gloria Grande is one. Um, there are is the one that's in Illinois. What is the name? Oh, darn, I forgot now. Uh, too early in the morning, Ken. Um, okay. Go to my website, type one word, pecan, in my website, WalterReeves.com. And on the search line, if you type pecan, it'll take you to the page that has all the varieties of pecans that I think are really good and disease-resistant. That is the key to pecan success is make sure it is a disease-resistant variety. There's another instance of somebody doing a bunch of breeding work and a bunch of selection work so they don't get scab, which will just wipe out your crop every other year if you don't have a uh, resistant tree. So go look for pecan on my website and see the varieties. And then, um, you know, go to a place that you can trust that has that exact variety. Don't go, you know, honestly, I'm going to say this. uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but I want to say most of the time the big box stores are not great on getting named varieties correctly. So go to a place that actually specializes in fruit and nut trees. There are two or three in Alabama. There are two or three in Georgia. Uh, you can find them just by you know, Googling a little bit. And if it's an online place, one more thing to check, and that is um, go to what's called the Garden Watchdog. <laughs> it's got, that's the name, Garden Watchdog. And they rate online companies where you buy plants from by how well they have customer service and how well they label their plants and how well the plants are shipped and how well this, that, and the other that you want to know before you put your hard money down to buy the pecan. And so Garden Watchdog will tell you which places you can trust to give you the right variety of pecan that will be disease resistant. And we got pecan pies coming up. That's what we want. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, Tim. It's great talking to you. Thank you, sir. Good to you. Bye. 647 on a Saturday morning. Your number, our number, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. Spirit in the sky. Time for a weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Remember where we were this time last Saturday morning? Ashley, Veronica, Smiley, Mark McKay, they were running around with their heads cut off doing a professional job thinking about all the ice, all the snow, all the trees down and things like that because it was cold outside. Today, not so bad. The gloom of the recent Saturday replaced by a pleasant one today. Perfect for digging in the dirt. Clear skies, no precepts throughout the day. Afternoon highs in the mid-60s. Clear remains through overnight. Lows dropping into the low 40s. And stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes. And remember, tomorrow you can pick up your issue of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. They got coupons in that thing. We counted them a minute ago. $422 worth of coupons in tomorrow's AJC. DJ joins us on Lawn and Garden. DJ, hey, man, good morning. Good morning, sir. I noticed on the... Uh, Fertilizer labels. Yeah. There's a potassium oxide, so, and on the side it says potash. Yeah. So how is potash made? I thought potassium was on the periodic table of elements. Well, it is, but potash is potassium oxide, and it is an element, or not an element, it is a mineral that you can mine. And so oh. they have big old mines full of potassium oxide and various salts of potassium, and they mine them up in real good and purify them and add them to the fertilizer, and the plant appreciates it. Oh, that's good. That's easy. where it comes from. Or... Hey, DJ, I got the way to get it. If you don't want to go to the mines of the <laughs> those yeah. potash mines and work in them to get your potash cheap, you can use wood ash. Wood ash has a bunch of potassium in it. And if you wanted to use the ashes from a fireplace, you can spread those out over the lawn and get potassium there. Right. And there was an old lady when I was growing up uh, that would make soap. Sure. Hot. What? What's the composition for that? Um, potassium... Well, you put not potassium, potassium in, nitrate, uh, potassium. And acid? Blah, blah, blah. Some type of acid? No, it's like lye. Lye. Oh, shoot. Now, you know, I've got a degree in chemistry, DJ, and you just put me on the spot, and I've nope. totally disappointed my chemistry professors right now. But the lye uh, that's in, or the, the, the potassium and sodium that's in lye is the same stuff that will oxidize, it will chemically react with fat and makes a soap, and you can wash your hands and burn your eyes and wash your clothes if you want what, to with it. Okay, what's another name for lye? Uh, sodium oh. shucks. There are nine people out there driving around 285 to know what it is. No, sodium. No, 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 that's fine. Sodium no. hydro hydroxide. What am I talking about? Sodium okay. hydroxide is lye. Potassium hydroxide, oh. a different form of lye. And both of them very caustic, very alkaline. And as I say, mix it with fat. You can make a soap, but it'll still burn your eyes a little bit because of the alkalinity. And potassium is in the fertilizer for disease resistance? Yeah, exactly. It makes the plant more resistant to disease. It makes the cell walls thicker, and so it resists disease and insects that way. It's, a, it's sort of a general, all-around good thing for the plant to have adequate levels of potassium. And it doesn't have to have a lot, but adequate levels for whatever the plant's needs are. That's what you're looking for, for potassium. i got to get out of here, DJ. Thanks so much for calling. The number is 404-872-0750. George and Griffin's got some peppers. He says, one of them looks like Richard Nixon. Well, we'll talk about that in the next hour. We can talk to you as well. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. I need to unwind. 